0: This week, we'll take a look at some challenges cannabis microbusinesses are facing after being selected for state licenses. Then, we'll hear from a Missouri entrepreneur who has built a multi billion dollar software company and is now integrating artificial intelligence into the business. Welcome to Business Brief, Missouri Business Alert's podcast focused on the business news and issues shaping the state. My name is Siggy Reese, and I am joined by my co-host, Chelsea Peter. Chelsea, how are you
1: doing this week? I'm doing great. I'm excited for the holiday week next week. What about you?
0: I am as well. I love Thanksgiving so much. I'm super excited. We will not have a new episode next week because of that. But yeah, what are your favorite Thanksgiving foods, Chelsea?
1: I think it may come as an unpopular opinion, but my favorite Thanksgiving food would be stuffing or sweet potato pie. What about you?
0: Okay. I feel like actually I, I do know quite a few people who do like stuffing, so I don't think you're alone in that one. Okay. Um, I definitely am a fan of pumpkin and apple pies. Um, my mom makes really good um, pumpkin pie and apple pie. so that sounds good. Yeah, it's awesome. But you ready to get into this week's headlines? Let's do it. Awesome. The Senate passed legislation to avoid a government shutdown and approve funding of federal programs into early 2024. The House initially approved this legislation Tuesday. The plan would extend funding for areas such as transportation, housing, and military construction.
1: Inflation rose by 3.2 percent annually in October, a decline from September's 3.7 percent. Shelter and vehicle insurance costs were the biggest contributors to the rise. Though the rate fell in October, it was still well above the Federal Reserve Bank's target rate of 2 percent.
0: Governor Mike Parson's administration is looking to move its Computing Center office. The office is currently located in Jefferson City. The potential move is due to the nearby Missouri River flooding. Parson is planning to introduce a $15 million budget request to the legislature that would include accommodations for the potential move.
1: Kansas City is considering reinstituting fares to ride city buses. This comes after the city removed fares three years ago, becoming the first major U.S. city to make public transit free. Local officials are studying how the Kansas City Area Transportation Authority has been impacted by the loss of fares. The study will also look at how much revenue would be generated if fares were reinstated.
0: United Auto Workers members voted this week to ratify a new contract from General Motors. The deal secures wage increases of at least 25 percent over the next four years, plus cost of living adjustments and more generous retirement benefits. That ratification by union members nationally came despite workers at the GM Wentzville Assembly rejecting the deal. Votes by UAW members who work for Ford and Stellantis were still being tallied Thursday evening, but early results showed strong support for the contract among those workers. Business Brief will continue after a quick word from our sponsors. Are you a connector? Someone that loves to help others find the resources and people they need? Do you love to network? Do you want to be your own boss and have time to take care of your family too? Well, now you can own your own Connection Exchange affiliated business and make valuable connections in your own community. The Connection Exchange is a welcoming service that greets new residents and business owners with a welcome gift to introduce them to all the things that make their new community great. This is not a franchise. Each location owns and operates their own business. At Connection Exchange, we share the joy of meaningful connections in our local communities. How fun is that? Find out more at connection-exchange.com.
1: For our next story, we'll hear from Wade Foster, founder and CEO of software automation company Zapier.
0: Interesting. Zapier started here in Columbia, right?
1: Yeah, that's right. Foster started the company with two co-founders during Columbia Startup Weekend in 2011. The company is now based in Silicon Valley and has surpassed a five million valuation.
0: Oh, wow. So what's new with the company?
1: Well, Zapier has recently set its sights on artificial intelligence, which it is integrating into new and existing tools. Missouri Business Alert reporter Anna Sago caught up with Foster during an event last week in Columbia. They discussed some of the challenges and changes Zapier has faced in the last year and what's to come for the software company. Here's part of their conversation.
2: So one of the things that you talked about in your presentation was putting software together on nights and weekends, you know, while also juggling a full-time job. What advice do you have for other entrepreneurs who are in that same position of having a job and then a side project?
3: The secret is if you love it. Like, if you love it, this is what you do for fun. You know, some people, you know, uh, like to go to movies and some people like to go to sports stores. I like to work on software stuff. And so, you know, I think the biggest thing is like you gotta find something that you love and then it just never really feels like work. And I know that's cliche to say, but like the best entrepreneurs I know all feel somewhat similarly. And what's one
2: of the biggest differences for a Midwestern startup starting today versus when you founded Zapier?
3: A lot of stuff continues to get just a lot more global. Um, You know, when I started in the Midwest, Silicon Valley was, was a place. It was the Bay Area. Nowadays, Silicon Valley feels a lot more like a mindset. And so the capital, the people they are able to be all over. Like the fact that there's an event like this in, you know, central Missouri, and there's like people with like gobs of money that are happy to like, they're very interested in ideas and funding those ideas. Like it does change the dynamic for an entrepreneur because you have access to just so many more resources than you did, you know, even just 10 years ago.
2: Zapier recently launched and expanded some new tools using artificial intelligence. So what are some of the opportunities, but also the threats that AI poses for Zapier?
3: You know, I think the, you know, our mission is always to make automation work for everyone. And AI is, a specific, specifically large language models, are an entirely new form factor for doing this. And so, you know, I, I think the, the power in these tools is through natural language, you can build things. And that is going to really lower the barrier of entry for folks building software. And so this is both like a huge opportunity for us because that's something we've been doing for 10 years. And we've got 10 years of working on that. Um, and, you know, I think the threat is that, like, other people can do it too. So, um, you know, we're just excited to see all the, like, energy and excitement in the space because, I mean, candidly, it just kind of feels like magic.
2: And Zapier made some layoffs for the first time this year. What did you learn from that experience?
3: You know, I think uh, the, you know, the big challenge is, like, you know, as we talk about you know, wanting to invest in AI and, you know, spending a lot of time there, the the just like tough decisions you have to make is that, you know, we looked across our business and noticed we were underinvested in some areas and over-invested in others. And, you know, if we wanted to like, you know, uh, stay on track with where the whole industry was going, we're going to have to make some tough choices. And so, you know, I think um, not something I or any of us really look forward to doing, but uh, it's, you know, you kind of have to respond to the environment around you. If you don't do that, you know, you go the way of Blockbuster and things like that.
2: What are you planning for Zapier in 2024?
3: You know, make automation work for everyone, and so you know we're going to keep investing a lot in AI. We're going to keep investing and in making the experience a lot easier for folks. We're going to invest a lot in making the experience more scalable for folks too. There's, you know, we've got uh, you know hundreds of thousands of people that are using Zapier, and uh, we want to make sure that they keep growing, and so uh, we'll make them happy and, and successful too.
0: I'm joined by Missouri Business Alert reporter, Ansley Franco, who has been reporting on some challenges that winners of Missouri's ongoing cannabis license program face. Ansley, thank you for joining me. Of course, thank you for having me. We've talked about the state's Cannabis Microbusiness License Program on Business Brief before but I think it would be helpful to start with an overview. What are the goals of this program?
2: Sure, the program is part of the amendment that voters passed last year to legalize cannabis in the state and it aims to give licenses to underrepresented founders such as people who are a certain level below the poverty line or veterans with a disability card and a main goal of the program is to put marijuana licenses in the hands of people who have been impacted by marijuana incarceration.
0: Got it. So you've been
2: talking to people in the industry about what lies ahead for winners of these licenses. What hurdles do they face? So one of the largest challenges for many recipients will be the funding. Licensees will likely need one to five million dollars to start up their businesses. But limited avenues for loans in the industry means most will have to rely on personal savings, funds from families and friends, and private investors. These all require networks and resources that many underrepresented founders face barriers to. What's the environment like for finding investors? Well, it seems like license holders might have to be diligent about holding on to ownership of their business. The state requires that someone who meets the program's eligibility requirements must always be a majority owner. But experts in the industry say investors will be looking for a large piece of ownership in these businesses. In your reporting, you discuss some of the concerns that have surfaced
0: already regarding ownership of these licenses. Can you talk a little bit more about that? For sure.
2: So last month, the Missouri Independent reported that Michigan-based company paid eligible applicants to apply, but contract terms would require applicants to give up ownership control and any resulting profits. Also, in other states, large companies have bought up several of those micro licenses.
0: Speaking of other states, have there been any successful social equity cannabis
2: programs in the country so far? People in the industry say no. So one report found that of 15 social equity marijuana programs in the U.S., none have resulted in an equitable cannabis industry. So Missouri getting this right is challenging. And the state has to work within the industry already built and the language of an amendment that voters passed.
0: And what did your sources say might help address the challenges that winners face?
2: I spoke to a cannabis lawyer in Colorado who mentioned that funding pools for these owners could help bridge some of those gaps. There's a program that launched recently in New Jersey that's offering grants to its licensed winners, so it'll be interesting to see how that pans out.
0: Okay, and what's next in Missouri for its Cannabis
2: Microbusiness program? Currently, the state is conducting its final review of the selected applicants in the first round and expects to disperse the licenses by early next month. The state will also host two more license rounds in 2024 and 2025. Ansley, thank you so much for taking the time today. To read more about these challenges, you can find
0: Ansley's story on MissouriBusinessAlert.com. It is now time for us to get into our words of the week. Chelsea, what
1: do you have for us this week? This week, my word is WIC.
0: Okay, are you referring to women, infants, and children's benefits? Why is that in the news?
1: Yes, so they're in the news because Missouri was one of the states with the lowest WIC participation rates in 2021. This comes from a recent USDA report. Interesting. What did the numbers look like? So a little over 200,000 Missourians were eligible for WIC benefits, but fewer than 85,000 or about 40% participated. Got it. What else did the report find? The report found that Missouri is one of 17 states that has consistently low WIC coverage rates compared to national rates across all age groups and categories.
0: Okay, so what was the state's response
1: to those findings? A A state spokesperson confirmed that WIC participation in Missouri has been on the decline and decreased, especially during the pandemic. To make the program more accessible, the state is moving to an online processing system. That's all I've got this week. What's your words, Tiggy?
0: My word is El Nino.
1: That's the weather phenomenon that brings a ton of rain, right?
0: Yes, that's correct. We've been in an El Nino period since June. El Nino typically means extra rain and warmer winters for the South and Central United States, which sounds bad, but it could be helpful for Missouri farmers. Oh, really? So why is that? That's because Missouri's been in a drought, so rain can be really helpful when it comes to farming and growing crops. And experts are saying this specific period is a super El Nino, which could prove even more helpful.
1: Oh wait, what's a super El Nino? It means the effects
0: from the El Nino phenomenon will be even stronger than usual. For a closing thought, here's Wade Foster again on how to stay motivated as an entrepreneur.
3: I think as you're starting to scale, like the biggest thing is just to you know, really understand the mechanics of your business, understand how you attract customers, understand why they love you, and then figure out as your team grows, like, how to surround yourself with people that are going to make sure that those core elements, like, continue to thrive alongside you.
0: Well, that is all for this week. Thank you to the M33 Project for providing the music for this episode. For my co-host, Chelsea Peter, editors Julian Jensen, Yashamika Mika Wychuk, Zachary Morrison, Skylar Rossi, and Michael Stacey, I'm Stucky Reese, and this has been Business Brief. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you after the holiday.